No purple songs can fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now, here are the hosts of Purple Songs Can Fly. Hello and welcome to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice American Kids Network. I'm Zachary Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And I'm Dominic Dabala. And today, we're going to be talking with music therapist Catherine Taylor and founder of Purple Songs Can Fly, Anita Cruz, about their work, similarities, differences, and kind of maybe how it inter- intersects with each other. So, welcome. Thank welcome you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for showing up to talk to us today. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> welcome. So, let's start off. Let's kind of give the audience a little bit about who you guys are and what you guys do. So, let's start with uh, you. What, 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 what do you do, um, Catherine, and, 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 you know... Where do you come from? What do you do? Well, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and then I moved down to New Orleans to um, study music therapy and made my way to Texas to get certified in it, do my internship and get certified. And now I practice music therapy at a place called the Monarch School or the Monarch Institute because we've grown. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I get to work with people between the ages of 30, uh, three to third in their 30s using music every day to work on non-musical goal areas like self-regulation and relationship development and executive functions and sure. competence in academics and yes, musical is very powerful that's yeah. okay. what you can do with it okay. yeah and you miss nita uh where who are you what do you do <laughs> i am uh originally a pianist and I started writing music when I was in college in graduate school actually and I taught uh, piano and songwriting and composing for many years and then I had this idea to have a recording studio here in the cancer center and work with children who are being treated to write and record their own songs as you know Zachary I do know <laughs> yes. but the audience does not know so this so is interesting I this organization in 2006, uh, eight years ago, and we've written over 600 songs and recorded them, and they have flown all over the world and on two space shuttle missions, and they've summited Mount Everest, and they've flown with the Rolling Stones, and they've been on an undersea mission, and uh, amazing things have happened. We. Uh, Went to Carnegie Hall last year. Oh wow! We did. That was yeah. very fun. With you, wow. Zachary, and legit. <laughs> and uh, we've just had some amazing experiences with Purple Songs, and um, so that's what I do. And what a list that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit curious. I know you guys had known each other at least a little bit before this interview. How'd you guys meet? We met. Let's see if we our memories are <laughs> aligning. This is the joint of a two-person interview. The difference yes. <laughs> uh, begin. I think we met when I was here at the cancer center as a consultant and, and an artist with young audiences of Houston, and I was here with um, to do some inpatient work 
um, doing music therapy work, either um, songwriting or improvisation or um, whatever was called for in the moment. And I was drooling over the recording studio that I saw here. And (laughs) just the energy of the space was so beautiful. And then then Anita comes out and the energy of the space becomes even more beautiful and compelling. Um, And I immediately was like, take my card! (laughs) And she was a hugger. And I get so excited when I meet people who are huggers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is that accurate? We'll see if it matches up. (laughs) accurate. And I was so excited. Um, I went to see you not too long after that. I think I went to see you perform. Yeah, around Music um, Box. Yeah, and just... uh, I call Catherine KT, so I'm going to call you KT probably through this whole interview. (laughs) But KT is an incredible performer, beautiful, beautiful singer, actress. uh, Thanks. So I've just admired you. I've admired you for a long time. Thank you. Yeah, there's a mutual admiration here. (laughs) There's a lot of love in this room. And see, I know this, uh, but you guys are both performers as well. I, I know that you do stage and you do various music, sound, songwriting, singing opportunities. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, what do you do, um, kind of, extra uh, career-wise? <laughs> right. Yes. My, in my second career, I perform musical comedy cabaret, and I work with. A, there are five of us in this company, and we write um, original pieces to include. Uh, songs from you know the great American songbook standards all the way up through really current stuff that we kind of twist and turn to make it our own and then we write sketches to tie all of the music together in a really quirky and fun way Um, and then prior to that I was doing just straight up Broadway musical type stuff with a, a few companies here in town which I've been doing the theater work since I was in junior high and was um, hooked on it ever since. I'm actually kind of curious. What what does musical comedy cabaret look like? Like to, to <laughs> someone that has no idea. What, Usually, what it depends on who you ask. But I think it looks a little chaotic most of the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the comedy of errors sometimes. Um, it's fun. It. The, I think the best part about it is that it's it's real and it's authentic in the sense that. Um, all of the things that don't necessarily go perfectly are the things that make it so fun and allow us to connect with the audience. So I like it because the fourth wall is down. We're able to interact with the audience and um, kind of use what they give us to help the show take twists and turns. Okay. Um, so it's a little yeah, bit... Lots kind of laughter, of, mostly singing. It's a little bit... Um, reactive to what the audience is getting. Yeah, depending on what the audience is giving us. So sometimes we have the smilers and sometimes we have the loud ones and um, it's fun to be able to have to adapt to whatever the energy in the room is like. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then how about you, Miss Anita? What what do you do outside of um, Purple Suns Can Fly? (laughs) The the various things. Well, I'm involved with an organization called Music Doing Good and I'm an artist with that organization. So we do concerts and um, that's what I do, performance-wise. It's really cool. Yeah. So the work that you both do is incredibly, they make big impacts. How has the public responded to this? Have you received any awards or recognitions for the great work that you do? Wow. Okay, so I think music therapy as a whole has become more widely recognized. Like, we've mm-hmm. been in the news um, quite a bit, especially for things like high-profile use of music therapy, like um, in the rehabilitation of uh, Gabby Giffords when she came to Houston. Um, For me personally, 
My uh, favorite award that I've ever gotten was actually received from a student that I worked with who was graduating from the Monarch School and it's called the Above and Beyond Award and every graduate gets to give an award to a teacher that's helped them. Oh wow. Um, and that was one of the most humbling experiences ever and totally unexpected which is one of my favorite parts about that. Um, so yeah, that's something I got. To, I got a little pin and a little certificate, and um, just wow, what a bright light in my career. I would totally lose it if that happened. Like someone came to me and was like, "You've made the biggest impact in my goodness gracious." Right? Yeah. It's. I think it's un. It's unusual for me to be able to receive that kind of validation for something right. that I, yeah, something that I do. Receiving it from someone that you helped out instead yeah, of someone above you. to realize how meaningful it, it is. How sweet. And I also want to hear a little bit from Miss Anita about her awards and such after we get back from the break. So this song we're going to play is written by Candace when she was 14, and it is called For These Dreams. You're listening to Purple Sounds Can Fly on the Voice America Kid Network. got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world. Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. 
We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Hello, and welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Zach Tavlin. And I am Emily Freeman. And I'm Dominic Dybala. And we're going to continue with our conversation about the lives and careers of uh, Miss Catherine Taylor and Anita Cruz. So, welcome back. Uh, we ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> the awards, yes. accolades, and recognitions. Yes. Miss yes. Cruz. Oh, well, I would say that my um, most recent honor um, that had to do with Purple Songs um, was a couple of years ago. And there's an, uh, a university in St. Louis called Maryville University. Okay. And they have a very large music therapy program. Hmm. And they saw a story about Purple Songs um, that was in the New York Times. Hmm. And they um, decided they wanted to create something that would be connected to their music therapy program at Maryville University. And so they came here and kind of observed what we did here. And they created a a program called Kids Rock Cancer. And mm-hmm. so they serve uh, all of the children's hospitals in St. Louis, and and they have their music therapists um, work with the children bedside, specifically to write and record their own songs. Mm-hmm. And so um, they ended up having me come and speak when they launched the program, and I guess, uh, I think the president of the university was there at that event, and. Um, and I really only talked for like for 10 minutes, but um, the following year they invited me to speak at their commencement address. That's big. And so wow. Yeah, that was a shocker. And so um, <laughs> I did, I spoke at their commencement address and they gave me an honorary doctorate. Wow. So, oh, wow. so yeah. That is big. Thank you, Dr. Cruz. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great honor. You'll be yeah. calling me that from now on. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I'd like to apologize for your dropping of your uh, title before this point. Yeah. That's on the air. <laughs> and so I kind of want to talk a little bit with you guys about what kind of drew you guys to the careers you have respectively chosen you know was, was there something that in you that really made you you know seek out you know working with children with cancer writing songs or working as a music therapist maybe some event or particular person that inspired you to bring you where you are now yeah mine was um kind of a process of elimination to be mm-hmm. totally honest i knew i wanted to work in music right i um i you know, I enjoy performing, and I knew I wanted that to be an element of my adult life. Um, but I also knew that it didn't necessarily bring out the best in me, like the cutthroat mm-hmm. uh, competition that could come 
with things like auditioning and um, and I thought, ooh, this is making me pretty selfish. Okay, let's figure something else out. I, I had also sung in enough choirs to know that I didn't want to be a choral director um, because in my high school choir, I noticed that my choral director was often having to shout over us to be quiet so we could start. Oh. And I thought, oh, that won't be a fun use of my instrument. Um, <laughs> so right. then I, I kind of stumbled upon music therapy, and the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I went through the degree program, I had a, you know I had my ups and downs with it, but ultimately um, was able to refine myself and the um the direction i took with it wow beautiful that is a really cool story (laughs) and so yeah you are (laughs) so how how did you kind of arrive where you are today golly well i i think i had many many influences um through my life Mm -hmm. that led me to create this um this studio um it's only been in, in retrospect that it's become really clear to me um, because it wasn't that I had a sibling who had cancer, but um, I have a sibling who's mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up, I always wanted to be able to do something that would help, and I could never figure out what that was. Right. And so I thought if I could do something that I know would help someone, that somehow it would somehow take care of this overwhelming desire to help my brother. And so that really is, I think, probably the most um, uh, influential drive in my wanting to help other people through music. And uh, ironically, just this last year, um, uh, a hospital near St. Louis it turns out, uh, wrote to me, and it's a psychiatric hospital, and they had heard about Purple Songs, and they have created a studio Mm. at the hospital, and now work with the patients like my brother. And so, you know, it's it's been interesting to see how something that I created, thinking that I couldn't help that population, uh, is now, there's just so much more understanding and so much more education around uh, music music therapy mm-hmm. not that I'm a music therapist but this idea that that there is help so um, so that's the truth Wow what a moving story mm-hmm. yeah H- have you been able to reach out to your brother through through this or, or, or kind of try to help him musically well when we get together we you know he's he was a very very talented uh, pianist growing up, so he still plays. He still remembers mm-hmm. um, all of the pieces that he played when he was young. And um, I would say that's um, when I see him play, that's probably the most um, vibrant that he is. So mm-hmm. I know that music definitely plays a part in his life. So, um, yeah. That's great. I'm glad music can really reach out to him that way. We're going to end this segment by a song by Megan, um, Pearl Inside, and she was 14 when she wrote it.
Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have we got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world? Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. 
Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Fifteen minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Hello, and welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Zachary Tablin. And I'm Emily Freeman. And I'm Dominic Dabala. And we're going to continue with our conversation about kind of careers, lives, music, with uh, Dr. Anita Cruz and uh, Ms. Catherine Taylor. So, welcome back. Thank you. Um, So, I kind of wanted to know a little bit kind of what a day in the life of a music therapist or a day in the life of of a uh, songwriter, singer, kind of looks like. So, let's just start with you, uh, Mm -hmm. Catherine. Uh, Kind of guide us through a day, maybe at the Monarch Institute or in music therapy. Yeah, well, like I said, I work with people ranging in age from three to in their 30s. So um, I I do try to schedule my clients so that I'm um, having to mentally shift a little bit less because I'm constantly having to, you know, regulate and modulate my thoughts and my energy to be with somebody. So, for instance, on Tuesdays we have this really cool program. We we have musicians from Decamera of Houston, which is a professional music organization here in Houston. They come work with three of my groups that I lead um, of Challenger and Voyager level students. So uh, if we were to think developmentally like high school, you know, middle school, high school, um, and then uh, young adults. And we do everything from improvising songs to, I have a group that's working on writing a song in Spanish. 
um, because one of the guys is from Guatemala. Uh, and so it's really cool. It's a symbiotic relationship where we get to learn a little more Spanish and right. to use the music elements. And then it's um, the song is this metaphor of climbing a mountain and what that means mm. for achieving one's goals. Um, so I might shift from something like that experience to the afternoon teaching a group guitar class to doing this great thing that we call song bombs, where I have a group of students <laughs> that come in and it's the end of the day and everyone's energy might be all over the place. And we sit down and we say, who shall we song bomb today? And we usually pick a faculty member <laughs> and talk about what we love about them, like how... What does that relationship mean to each person in the room? And then we have a 30-minute window by the time we talk, a 30-minute window to create a song and make an audio recording that's really rough and then just email it to the person that afternoon as, <laughs> as kind of like, yeah, a nice little uh, musical love note. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's, that's uh, and then I might teach some adapted lessons here and there with individuals too. And Ms. Cruz, could you tell us what you do in the day of the life? Like you help patients write their songs. How would you get them involved and introduce yourself to them so that they'll feel comfortable? And what do you do making the songs? Well, usually um, I'll go out into the clinic and see if there's a child that is interested in writing a song while they're waiting. Um, some Sometimes I'll... Uh, set up a, a schedule a time. Sometimes people uh, might not be able to write a song while they're here for their visit, but they really want to write a song, so they'll schedule it um, for another visit. Um, and then we just kind of go from there. It's always a little bit different. Every day is, is different. Um, yesterday I worked with a family who had actually lost a child. And the family wanted to write a song as a family. And so I spent the morning working with them. And then um, a little girl came in, and she was from Australia, and had come all the way to Houston to come to, to the cancer center wow. to see a specific doctor here for her particular yes. Uh, cancer, which is, I think, rare. Mm -hmm. And so she was here just for a few days, and... It turned out that she was a singer, and um, and she had already written a song that uh, one of the nurses wanted me to hear. So she came in and sang for me, and then then she was interested in writing her own song. So she wrote a beautiful song. So it's always a little bit different, you know. Some okay. sometimes um, a child has to go uh, back um, in another section of the cancer center, and maybe I'll go back and help them write lyrics first. And then when they're finished with their appointment, they'll come in and maybe I'll start making a track before they get here. Mm -hmm. um, it's just always a little bit different. Okay. Well, unexpected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do either of you have a favorite memory of your work, like a favorite patient or song, something that sticks out in your head that you'll always remember? Well, there was this kid, and he was just really into like haikus. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> come on! Who could that be? <laughs> there was this other kid, and he was like really into this pet fish. <laughs> and then there was this beautiful, beautiful young girl who loved purple. Oh, there's a connection. <laughs> she had great sneakers with oh. purple. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've had incredible experiences. I would say every every song that I've worked on has been its own special thing. Um, and it's really really hard to compare them. I it, guess. it is. Everyone has been unique and and beautiful in its own mm. way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with Anita on that. Okay. Um, each of each of the sessions that I lead, I, I couldn't even pick out a favorite session. Um, because okay. even the most challenging days can be some of the most fruitful Rewarding. ones. Right. Um, but yeah, every experience has been so unique and just special okay. and awe-inspiring. So when do you guys work? It's, for some of these things, it sounds like it may be more like a uh, routine kind of experience. Like at the Monarch Institute, I'm sure there's hours and, you know, there's sure. maybe meet Monday through Friday or something like that. While others sound like they might have to be more adaptive to specific needs like you had no idea the girl from Australia was coming and you know, I don't know if you had to stay later to do that right, like, so. what, what do you guys normally do in terms of like hours well um, you're right with, as far as my schedule goes at the Monarch School um, I have set hours um, which is great and then within that there's um, some flexibility too that you know we it's a school so we have right. events and we have um, just things that come up that require flexibility, which also happens to be um, one of the things that we really encourage people to work on is being okay. flexible and adaptive. Um, so yeah, I, within the I think within that framework though, the spontaneity happens. So that's why it feels so different. Mm -hmm. Even though I might be going to the same place at the same time each week, there's still so much spontaneity that occurs within that time frame. We're going to end this with a song by Jessica and Angelica, and they were 17 and 18. The God in my heart. The God in my heart loves me so much. The God in my heart, I feel His touch. The God in my heart knows just what to do. He brings me joy.
Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appétit! listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Hello, and welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Dominic Dabala. I'm Zachary Tavlin. And I'm Emily Freeman. And we were interviewing Catherine Taylor and Miss Anita Cruz. So I think we wanted to continue our conversation a little bit about kind of like hours and, and when we work. Um, you had already answered it, uh, Catherine, but Miss Anita has not answered this question. So mm-hmm. what do your hours kind of look like? Well, I am here in the Cancer Center every weekday, uh, and I'm usually here every morning, so um, until after lunch. And then uh, oftentimes the clinic isn't as busy in the afternoon, so... Um, there are more children here in the morning, so that's when I'm generally here. But but oftentimes I'll stay later if there's uh, another child that wants to write a song that comes in late. Okay. Um, we're also um, we also have been working on serving the inpatient children that are that are uh, in the other part of the hospital. Uh, the ninth floor is yes. the cancer floor that you know that. about. Yes. And mm-hmm. also BMT, which is the bone marrow transplant floor, mm-hmm. is on the eighth floor. And so one of my uh, goals and missions for the next uh, couple of years is to fully serve the cancer center, which would be the clinic full-time and also uh, the eighth floor and the ninth floor of the West Tower. Okay. And is this just Texas Children's Hospital or... Okay. This is just Texas Children's Hospital, and there are also many kind of sister hospitals and sort of... um, satellite uh, okay. Texas Children's Hospitals and we're um, uh, if we decide to move beyond um, this location it will be con- still connected to Texas Children's okay. there are several uh, possibilities there there also are um, programs that are starting in different parts of the world so mm-hmm. they're working on a clinic that's going to be opening in the next year or so in Africa that's wonderful so there are things that that we'll be able to do to expand purple songs uh, but but it will always be connected to Texas Children's. and I also want to kind of start a little bit of a dialogue about what types of results you two see 
in integrating music with you know medicine or with 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 personal growth at, at different levels because um, I think that the similarities and differences will be really interesting to talk about so uh, what kind of um, impact have you seen music and music therapy make in children's lives uh, Ms. Oh, Taylor? gosh um, well on a really technical level we like to, we specialize in things like motor skills and um, cognitive skills right? mm. and speech skills um, but on a, on a more personal level um, I've seen more vitality in somebody within a very short time period and without them necessarily being aware that um, that this shift in their energy is happening um, and then with that there's a strengthened connection too so that they're not just this isolated person dealing with isolated issues but um, somebody who's connected with community mm -hmm. that's definitely an important thing to feel yeah do you see similar things working with uh, Texas Children's Cancer Center oh yes I mean I think that uh, it's really interesting to compare what KT and I do um, because this program, Purple Science Can Fly, is a part of the Arts and Medicine program in the Cancer Center. And the philosophy of the Arts and Medicine program is to give the patients and their siblings uh, creative experiences through the arts. So everything is geared to uh, bringing in artists who share their particular gifts in different ways. So there are performances in the, in the clinic just about every day. There are visual artists that, who come in and work with the children. Um, there are um, uh, just all kinds of sculptors. There are all kinds of artists that come in and work with the children to give them an arts experience as part of their time here in the clinic. So I am an artist who's created something that some people would say, well, isn't it music therapy? Well, it's possible that, that it's music therapy, but it's, it's not the mission to necessarily be giving therapy. It is the mission to be giving a creative experience. If that ends up being therapeutic, then that's great. But that's, um, it's a little bit different focus, and I would love for KT to talk about, you know, if, if KT came to the, to the studio and I said, I, I really just want you to write and record a song with a child, she might approach it totally differently than if I said, I want you to come in and, and, and work with this child as a music therapist. It might be a totally different experience, or it might be very similar, but I'd be interested to see uh, how you think about that. Yeah, I think in the process there might be a lot of similarities, and um, I, I believe that there's a therapeutic effect in, in every interaction that happens here after spending time um, here at the clinic. Um, I think a, a big difference is that music therapists look at research and we formulate a whole treatment plan um, that's really specific and measurable um, and we follow somebody so we have to do a lot of documentation which I'm not sure that that's something that comes it, it sounds like Purple Songs is more of an expressive experience where um, it you know a person might be followed so to speak as, as far as how they develop and grow but it's not um, it's not measured in the same way as music therapists measure the the clinical outcomes. Okay. So both different ways to approach it but they're both very important and related. Oh yeah. Oh I definitely think so and, and I'm it's similar you know when KT said 
the vitality, you see the vitality uh, immediately. Um, I think this has been one of the things that has been interesting to the doctors here. For certain, certain children who are very, very, let's say they're, they might be depressed, they might be really down about what they're going through, they might be really inward and not, not really want to interact or express what they're going through. Um, to see them create a song that ac accesses some deep part of them that they end up sharing with their family, um, I think, um, you know, for me, I see music and creativity as, as a uh, connection to our spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't matter how you think about your spirituality or what you believe, I think we all can agree that we have some kind of spirit. Yeah. And so when children are, are ill, um, we want that spirit to be very, very much a part of, of what, what, who, well, it is a part of who they are, but um, that they're in touch with it mm -hmm. so that they have more strength to deal with what they're going through. And maybe one of you can talk about this because mm -hmm. you've all uh, been through a, a lot here. Yes. And yeah. um, it'd be interesting to see how writing a song activated something or, or how you think of it since oh. you're, the, you're the recipients. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, from the time I first started receiving treatment, um, I was really, really kind of caught up in the energy of the space, which I perceive as like really negative, and I was really like scared, and I didn't want to be involved in anything, and so I would just play my video games on my little Game Boy, and just like block away from everything. And it actually took many, many um, tries of a volunteer asking if I wanted to do something before I did anything. I remember um, it was at least three times where I was like, "Do you want to write a song?" I'm like, "Nope, I do not want to write a song. I'm totally fine doing what I'm doing." And then I, I wrote a song, I actually wrote a poem and then it became a song, and it had nothing to do with fear or treatment or anything like that, but because I had just like done something positive in this space, like my whole attitude towards the hospital changed and it became a much more positive experience. Mm -hmm. That was a really pervasive kind of thing that like from that moment it was a lot better going forward just because I had positive experiences in the space and it wasn't a negative connotation. Mm. Yes, and I still remember when I wrote my song with Miss Anita and um, looking back, I know that it was a very important experience, a big step in my life and I think it really did help to express some things and it was a good step in treatment because treatment can be exhausting but Purple Songs Can Fly is very helpful to patients. And Emily, how about you? What was your song experience like? Oh my goodness, it's just been a huge blessing. Um, working with uh, the songwriters and just being able to express myself and share my thoughts and it's just been great. I mean, I just can't say enough good things about the whole team. And All right. Yeah. So the work that these two people do is amazing. So this has been Purple Songs Can Fly on Voice America Kids Network. We are interviewing Miss Anita Cruz and Miss Catherine Taylor. This has been Dominic Dabala. Zachary Tavlin. Emily Freeman. And we're going to end this program with The World Praise by Rhea, who is eight when she wrote this. The rain drips into a puddle and I start to leap into the air. After it stops, all the flowers sprout. It's springtime. I tug the weeds while the squirrels march to find acorns. The world prays.
Thanks for listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week. Marie from Bookworm and now from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Here's Mr. Saxophone Dave Farmer with the Gila. In the Mexican desert, there lives an orange and black lizard called the Gila Monster. Hey! I am not a monster! That is my feelings. No offense, that's just what they call you. That's just me. I am not so bad. My apologies. Now, the Gila Monster's skin is blotchy and bumpy. Hey! What's your problem? This interview is over if you can't be more nicer. Sorry, let's see. Uh, how's this? His skin is an abstract pattern of stripes and spots. Hey, I like that. Abstract. That's cool. And man, does he love to dance. Make some room, Gringo. I don't go so fast, but I make every move count. Look out. <laughs> that is. Wait, you're okay with that, right? Yeah, I embrace it now. It's it's who I am, you know? Hey, you hungry? Uh, I can eat. <laughs> my brother has a great little place of jerky. Sounds great. Here, we'll take my car. Let me uh, get the door for you. Okay. Hey, hey watch my tail. Oh, sorry, sorry. It'll grow back, but I like the one I got. Oh, well, go ahead. I got you. I got you. Gracias.
That was day five of Mr. Saxophone from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Check it out on our website, kidstar.org.